Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to The Playlist Podcast, a series of discussions on contemporary cinema. I'm Eric McClanahan, podcast editor for theplaylist.net, and on this episode, you'll hear a live Q&A for the film Neruda, hosted by our editor-in-chief at the site, Rodrigo Perez, as he talks about the film with director Pablo Lorraine and star Gael Garcia Bernal. Neruda is the third film released in the U.S. this year by Lorraine, after The Club and Oscar-hopeful Jackie. Indeed, he's a favorite filmmaker around these parts. Our review of the film called it a surpassingly strange chimera of visual magic and verbal delight, leavened with humor both body and bittersweet. The film hits theaters in New York and L.A. December 16th, with a national rollout to follow. So without further ado, let's drop you into this Q&A, recorded during the New York Film Festival back in October. So uh, let's, uh, let's start with uh, Neruda. And um, uh, what, what um, other than being Chilean, what uh, drew you to that subject and, and him himself? Um, well, it's, it's actually, it, it's, uh, it's not... It's my brother, Juan, who actually produced uh, all the movies we do. He wanted to make a movie about Neruda, and I thought it was just crazy. <laughs> and he insisted so much over the years. He wanted to make a movie since, like, I think, like eight years ago. And so we finally contacted uh, Guillermo Calderón, who is an amazing writer, and, and he started working. It took him like, like four years in different drafts. And, and as a Chilean and an American, you know, Neruda is like on the water, it's like on the earth, like you don't... So more than making a movie about himself, what we try to do is with a movie about his cosmos, about his, his world. It's like going to his house and playing with his toys more than, more than making a biopic. Like, because I tell you, that I read a lot of biographies, his own autobiography, most of his work. Did a movie called Neruda, and I have no idea who he was. So it's it's interesting to deal with that. And and but I guess the the way that we were able to approach the story once we realized that we were never going to be able to grab him as an audience and personal, you would not be able to bring him about was the camp. It was this guy's character, which is open as the door to create this sort of multi-fiction layers and had a point of view that it was not Neruda and then just sort of grab it from there and create this sort of joy over his work more than, you know, yeah. Basically. Everyone here knows who Pablo Neruda is, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm because... Nobody there is him, no. He's <laughs> a very good painter. <laughs> oh, well. it's National Poetry Day today. Oh, okay. It's perfect. Um, so, where did the, uh, other than wanting to change the convention of the uh, biopic, um, it strikes me as maybe the, uh, you know, Neruda's love for uh, detective, pulp detective novels, was maybe was that the, the spark that uh, 
that brought on the idea of this detective in the, in the story? There are two things. One is that when he was, Neruda went, got the Nobel Prize uh, in the early 70s, and when he read the speech, uh, that is online, you can check it, it's wonderful. He sort of refers to this period, which is between 1947 and 1949, very extensively. And, and at the end of it, he says that he doesn't know if he lived it, dreamed it, or wrote it. And so that opened us the key, and then right, we realized that he was like into this, it's nice to, to think about the Buddha, that he was like, instead of reading, I don't know, the great writers, maybe he really did it, but he was reading like crime novels. You know, and, and that was, those novels were edited in Argentina by Bioy Cáceres and Jorge Luis Borges. So we, I don't know how intentional it was from Guillermo, I would like to ask him, how, how Borges was important for him, because it's very Borgiano, you know, the movie, very Borgiana, in terms of the structure and the meta-fiction. So it's linked to there, and, and he was obsessed. And so we use those books as the clues that Neruda is leading to Gael's character. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of connected. You, you've called, described the film as Nerudian. Yeah. Um, and, and for people, what, what does that mean exactly to you? This is cosmos. Neruda was a man who, who was a, I don't know, was like a great cook, uh, an expert on wine, uh, a guy who traveled all over the world, he would collect multiple kind of things, objects. He would love the woman, he would to travel, he was a diplomat, he was a senator, he was the leader of the Communist Party, and he was one of the greatest poets in our language. So he created a whole universe, a cosmos, and that's what we call in, in Chile, Lonerubiano, the Nerudian sort of thing, which is a whole aesthetic and sort of texture and language. So yeah, that's what we'd like to say that the movie's more like Nebuliana than about himself. Right. And also just from, a, from an outsider's perspective, yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, when you finally get to the places where we were shooting the movie, uh, especially in the south, in the, in the Araucania, you know, that region, uh, it is very Nerudian. I mean, poetry does that. Uh, poetry constructs a place in our imagination. You visit that place and you think that you've been here before. But in a feeling, you know, it's, 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 it's a description of the landscape, but it's mainly, I mean, Neruda is a, was born in the south of Chile as well. I mean, he, he grew up there, and, and so it, you, you're there in that place, and it kind of it transpires uh, Nerudian symbolism in many levels. Um, Gael, what was, your, what was your relationship to Neruda's work before you started doing this film? It was a very bad relationship because, yeah, it was a, because I, I took him um, for granted, you know, because uh, it is a character that uh, when you, I mean, as an author, that when you are born in a Latin American country or a Spanish-speaking country, Neruda is like, okay, you arrive at Neruda and you have to stop for a while and you have to, you know, there is this vast work and uh, you've been, you know, you've been through Robert Darío and all the modernists and stuff, and then, and then all of a sudden you encounter yourself with Neruda, and uh, there comes a person that was, you know, a poet that was uh, all terrain, no? Because he was also a communist and he was also uh, an active politician, so he was writing 
um, what he was living as well. He was giving a description of the dream, you know, and and uh, and, uh, and uh, I mean, you're you're completely also when they tell you Neruda wrote these love poems when he when he was 21, 22, you know, something like that. You go like ah, you know, like <laughs> I mean, there's no no hope for one's poetry, you know. Like, it's, yeah. um, so, so Neville uh, is a big, is a, a mountain. Is a, I mean, I, I argue that it, I think it's the, he's the best known poet in the world from the 20th century. I mean, anywhere you ask him, and he comes from this little part in the south of Chile. Uh, so my relationship was really bad because it stayed on a, on a kind of I took him for granted. It, it was uh, it was a high school thing, you know, and it stayed there. And it was until we did. Uh, this film that actually, ah, okay, so the side started to come up and, and I started to appreciate and I started to to also open up and be more flexible about about um, the, the Nerudian world and the Nerudian vast amount of work as well and, and it is different to read poetry when you're a little bit older and a bit more injured, no? Yeah. It's, and, and you know, with the hopes kind of coming come and going and, and then you read Neruda and you go like, man, description of the of the vibrant dream that was being lived in those days but also and I think that's what I take from the film and from the experience of having made the film is that poets the, defend the fact that you can live many lives within one's life. They they potentialize our 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 experience of humanity. And uh is a big is the is the one of the biggest examples of that. Uh, the film that that we did, it's a manifest of that amount of, of expansion that this character has, you know, and, the, and, there's, and we're just taking a little part of his life, you know, just a little glimpse of something. So, I don't know, I mean, I, I, now it's a very good relationship, I think. Um, I still feel a beginner, a complete beginner, but uh, I'm, I mean, I go over, uh, El Canto General is a, is, a, is, a, is a book that I kind of you know, I revisit every couple of weeks, and especially when, when doing this tour about Neruda, you know, I, I, I have it with me there, and, and it's just, you know, I open it for whatever occasion, I just, it's really, it's huge. But it's, it's it, I recommend to, to anyone that is um, wanting to, to know what, also a, a historical context of those days, you know, because he wrote this book whilst he was on, on the run, you know, and, uh, and it is an incredible description of, of, uh, of America, you know, it's an incredible description of the world, of the state of, of things, and, uh, and it's a very interesting time when, when this film, I mean, when, it, when this thing took place, I mean, it was just straight after the Second World War, where, the, where, where it was known that the communists uh, won the war, and, uh, and it was a, you know, there was suddenly a hope uh, happening that was being manifest because this is before the, the whole communist breakdown. Um, so it is it is a very interesting time. I mean, like to to uh, to 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 revisit and to wonder like what was going on in those days. Um, so you don't play Neruda, but the detective in the film. Um, what, did you do any research for that? For the for the detective? Yeah. To play the best detective there is in the world, <laughs> you know, the Policía Nacional de Investigaciones. He grew up with the mustache, showed up and said, oh, I got the mustache. And so, so I sent a picture to, to, <laughs> to, to Pablo and he said, I'm scared. 
I like it, but I'm scared. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go for a mustache, you know? And, and, uh, and I, think, I think we came. And he was like, I've never worn in a movie before. So it's like, you know, you're going to have the, the unique mustache. Which is true. He was even more frightened. <laughs> so, we, I, don't, I mean, the character, of, let's be very clear. I mean, the, there were many people involved in chasing Neruda, but amongst them, one of the main people was, was Oscar Peluchino, the, the name of the, of the character, but we just took the name. The rest, it was just a complete invention, uh, really. Um, and, uh, and the, well, the, I mean, between Palma and Guillermo Calderón, they, they, they got all the, you know, the, the material, all the ferment to, to, to you know, rise up with this character. And little by little, with the discussions and just going for it, we started to shape it, you know? Um, I guess, I mean, I didn't study criminology um, <laughs> to play a part. Uh, but uh, but there, was, there was something, oh, no, yes, I must mention it. Yes, sorry. There was a very, something very interesting about, I mean, to, to reduce the character in, in, in a set of mind, I would say uh, he's a fascist, you know? He's a character that, that has a... Um, a very acute sense of humor, but he is really bothered by the fact that there's a person talking about how things should be in the world, uh, talking about how the world should operate, whilst at the same time that person is not able to control or have a family. You know, and this, this infuriates the fascist. It is, I think, one of the pillars of the fascist mindset, to hear someone exercising their, their freedom and being completely resentful of that. And the other, like I'd say, like another pillar of that, of the of the character, is the fact that he wants to prove to Neruda that he's not stupid, which makes him a little bit more stupid. <laughs> I mean, uh, or you know, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, makes you do stupid things, stupid decisions, stupid. No, make, I mean, ridic makes you fall in ridicule in a, in a way. But at the same time, I must say, I I love the character, and I love uh, this policeman that describes things in a very, you know, says the things that nobody dares to say as well, <laughs> at the same time. And criticizes both left, right, whatever, you know. And all of a sudden gets transmuted into becoming Neruda or becoming as free as Neruda in a way. Uh, I, I see it in a very positive light because the character comes from, he's a bastard son, um, he comes from, he's a mother of, a, his mother is a prostitute and he was, he's the, he's the evident recipient of the poetry of Neruda but for some reason the poetry of Neruda didn't arrive to him and this, I mean, we can say that it didn't arrive to many people so how, how does that, you know, there is, a, there is an interesting journey of that person approaching towards that poetry, you know, and, and uh, arriving at it and, I, I feel a lot for the character. I mean, I, I, I hope you guys feel too as well. I don't know if you, oh, sorry, you haven't seen it. Oh, no, no, so let, no, I won't tell you what happened. <laughs> you, you feel in the filmmaking overall, though, like there's an empathy towards this character, even though he's a fascist. And, you know, most people, most filmmakers, I think, or some filmmakers would make him a villain. They would make him, you know, maybe not black and white, but this character, there's, there's empathy towards him. He's, he's fully rounded. He's, and then, of course, can you guys talk a little bit about 
sort of blurred identity of, of how you know, he, he starts becoming very poetic and the way he talks and maybe his invention becomes imagination. There's an element there, huh? Yeah, we're going to spoil the movie to the people that have not seen it. We'll talk about it carefully. Yeah, well, I first start thinking about the... Uh, you need, at least I need to have some empathy and love and compassion for a character. And since I've been making such a lot of political movies, I often get the question why I don't make a movie about Pinochet. And I just can't, because I, even though he was human, I, just, I would never be able to sort of feel any kind of compassion for somebody like him, for example. Or like Donald Trump, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so when we sort of portray Gal's character, when we... Because it's like a, a very iconic type of character, which is like the lonely cop that is existing on, on a ton of movies, especially in the noir cinema from the 40s and 50s, that is chasing someone, and in that chase is sort of understanding who he really is. So that is like a, it's like a model, right, that we follow, that I think it also helps to shape the character, because it's like a character that we already know. So the starting point is like a character that is being on the movies, and at some point, it's not in here, but it's like, okay, just leave your weapon, you're out of the case. You know, that's the classical scene, and the guy will just keep on doing it. And it's just his obsession. So it was pretty much that, in that space, but then we understood that the necessity of the story was connected that... I'm not gonna spoil it. It's just the same, it's just the same people. It's the same character. So at some point, Gael's character is an invention, so it was written by Medina. Sorry if you haven't said it, well, but we're going to talk about there's, it. So there's weird. a huge ambiguity to the film. Sorry? I think there's a big ambiguity to the film. I don't think uh, there's a, you know, because of the dreaminess to it, because of the invention to it, um, there's, a, there's a lot of ambiguity. It doesn't, I don't think it's very clear. In a very I mean, it's being said clearly, but what happens is that it's so uh, particular that it creates that ambiguity that you're talking about. Because it's like, even though somebody could say that, it's like, how, like, how could somebody that is like breathing in front of the camera or was, was written by somebody that is also breathing in front of the camera? So it's like, it created that sort of friction. But, but yeah, I, and so which was a big challenge for, for, for Guillermo because he was writing at some point the things that Neruda would have write. So, in a way, it's like making a movie about the Beatles and making a new song, you know, and it's complicated. And, and I think, I do believe that he, Guillermo did an incredible job that I would never be able to, to do by far. Like, I, well, I wouldn't, I was, I was reading the drafts and I was like, I'm, I'm not even gonna write back my, what I think, I'm gonna call him. I don't dare to type anything, you know, because it's really, it's it's an, to me it's an, it's a, especially the one people here that could speak Spanish or understand it. You will really I think appreciate the 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 rhythm and, and also the what Gael does with with the voiceover that it, it starts as a, something that is very sort of aggressive and and political and it goes all the way into a very poetic level 
at the end of the film, and and that transit to that so that bridge is is made by by someone who I really believe is a boy, but Guillermo, you know. So it's uh, so we, we just for you to know, I, I like two weeks before we start shooting, my brother Bruce here, he was like, you gotta take twenty pages out. We don't have the money to do it, and you know the the script was one hundred and fifty six pages. So we, Guillermo, who lives in New York, and I went like somewhere to cut it down, and we went back to with 30 pages more. <laughs> yeah, true, and we shot an 186 script, which is huge. And I was like, I promise we'll do it on the time. It was just, tell me how many weeks we have, and we'll just do it, and we shot pretty fast, actually. Mm -hmm. And because I couldn't cut it. You know, and, and we will just bring, keep, keep bringing ideas. And then Gael showed up and said, why don't, you know, why don't we have, like, this guy is the son of a prostitute. And we were like two weeks before. And, and you know, Guillermo got us this idea, and he's like, oh, it's, it's really good. And it was just sort of working on reshaping it really quick. And, and, and so, sort of we build it again a little bit, this new idea with reshape everything. We were doing like a scouting location, and in, in this, uh, we were like where the police office is, like the police uh, building. So we had a problem because the building was very good, but there was like a big statue of the like the man. This is school, so the man that is the school is named after that person's school, Bacos Arana. It's like a someone who was very important in our education system, but we had this. this like this huge sculpture in the middle of in the middle of the, the hallway, and we were like, and Gael just <coughs> dropped the idea, and we were like, what if we see this father? And we just changed the play and put his <laughs> father's name, and we used this man like as the father and the the, the the founder of the police, Mr. Peluchino. And then, and then, and then Guillermo connected because we had the fucking sculpture <laughs> or erase it, but it was very hard because it's expensive. And and then we use it, and then it also changed the shape. And and I hope Mr. Barosarana's memory is like nothing problem. He was a great man, actually. But but yeah, so we had to, and I think it's it's beautiful when when the like. The process it really affects the result. I don't see filmmaking as a like as a straightforward uh, place with a destiny that is very clear. And I I think part of what it, this movie is it's a it's an exercise over cinema and and, and, and poetry and just to to find the place where it is. And the movie that it is now it's an, a movie that I would never imagined that it's going to be, will be like that, even after we, we finish shooting. So we sort of shape it when we cut it. And guy was keep doing voiceovers, he was shooting a movie like, I don't know, in France, and he... For <laughs> I, I, um, I want to be very specific, and there's, there's something that I, I do believe is a key of cinema for me, especially concerning actors is that, or actresses, is that you, you, you can't understand that person. You can't get that person. If you do, then it's not interesting for me. 
Like, and that's what I think great actors in cinema has. It's the fact that, like, for example, a guy could be on camera and he could tell you what he thinks, what he feels, whatever. But you would look at him and, say, and you would say, what's going on? And that, that's the key, because then the audience will complete that. If, if there's someone that is, that actors that are very interesting to me, I guess, and to cinema, is usually people that you see them and there's, you don't make this, those questions. And, and so it, it doesn't create the sort of action reaction with the audience. You need, you need that. And sort of, to me, it's like, a, it's like a landscape. There's like someone, you, you, you see his eyes and there's like something that's going on there that you can never get. And that mystery is essential. It's not just technical quality and, of course, all those things you can work and prepare and, and be better here, better, better there, but there's an energy that I think is something that you control as an actor and you work with that you need to have. And, and that's why this man is one of the greatest actors in our language because there's, it's, it's ungrabbable. And if they ever grab you, man, just go home. <laughs> you know, that's because I think it's, it's well, they will never, don't worry. But, but, but I do believe that it's important because then, then that's the, the, the friction that you need to have in cinema. And, and it's essential. And especially in a movie like, for example, Neruda, that he talks a lot in voiceover, like the entire film, but he talks very little as a character. So, and you see him a lot in silence. So it's like a, it, 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 it does a very interesting balance, yeah. And, it, and I think I'm very lucky. Yeah, I have a good job. Let's take some questions from the audience. Um, yes, you there up there? Yeah. Hi, good evening, Hola. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I was curious um, for the pre-production if any already rehearsals like to get these pre performances. We don't rehearse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we just talk. You know. Just, yeah. Right there. Wait for me. Pedro, yesterday at his press conference called this the best film that he had seen this year. I don't know if you've heard that yet, but that's what he told all the press. My question has to do with um, an engaged filmmaker, an engaged actor at this particular time in South America. You've just seen what's happened in Brazil, and it reminded me, I went back and looked at Noah again, about how people uh, are, are sold a story that is not true. And it, it's what, for me, Noah was, was so much about. What does an artist a director do with popular culture, which is what movies are for, to try to engage people in the kinds of questions that everything else in the, in the media tells them is not true, but to bring the truth that you bring in Neruda, where he is such a force of life. He has such joy of being alive. It's so infectious, it bounces off the screen that you want to run with him, regardless of the danger. 
But that's not the message that most people are getting from the, the media in not only South America, but certainly in this particular political campaign that we're having here. So what does the engaged artist, the engaged director do to tell the truth, but make it understandable in a non-academic uh, kind of way to, to people that go to the movies? Well, I think you, what you're talking to me, it's about responsibility somehow. And, and I have to say that I think that's very dedicated, at least from my perspective. And because I do believe that every film is always political. And especially if you're dealing with political subjects. I, I, I come from a country where for multiple decades, artists and filmmakers and people like Pablo Neruda, they were doing his job and they were trying to change people's conscience and push a, a, a lifestyle, an ideology throughout his art, art form. I believe that what at least I am trying to do, and I don't know if Gal shares this, it's very personal, is just instead of of sort of portraying some, somebody, something, and trying to have the audience change his mind and sort of have a, a reaction on a specific matter. What I'm trying to do is just to bring a problem, show it in the most dangerous possible way, and see how it, it would explode on the audience. It's a different exercise. And, and I was very criticized in my country when we didn't know because they took it so, super straightforward. And, and we were like just being very obliquous with it. And we were saying that the election was won by the no, and there was a part of the yes that won that day too. So and what we might be saying in Neruda is very different. But when you say that you want to run with him, I tell you I want to run with him too. And, but when you run, you leave traces. And I think that's what we're trying to do, is to leave a trace to see what, whatever people could grab from it. But I don't know, I think you are at some point responsible for what you do, but I'd rather not to think about it, because if you do, it might go into a preachy kind of place and you want to tell people what to think, and I was just trying to bring a problem and see how, how it could just create something. But yes, it has a perspective, and it has that political opinion, but it's not straightforward. I work so hard in hiding it, because then it's like a pamphlet, and I don't want to do that. And, and I think it should be hiding somewhere. It's like, for example, the Neruda books, the Canto General, the poems that we used in the film are poems that are very well known, like the love poems. But most of the poems aren't in the anthologies. Are the poems are hiding in those pages on over this enormous book. So we will focus on the poems that people don't talk about. Because those poems are full of fury and rage. And those are the transforming ones. So that's our little hiding message, but it's there. If you see the movie, you will get it. But it's not overexposed. You you need to hide it because 
then it's overexposed and the people is not, you're just throwing out a message and I trust and need to believe and I know it's like that, that the audience, me as an audience as well, I trust and need that sensibility and intelligence to complete what we do. So you need to throw out pieces and then everybody throw out their own biography will complete that. As an, as, an, as an audience, when I go to the cinema and I see a movie that has all the answers and then the filmmakers are telling me what to think, what to feel, what to look at, then I'm like, what am I doing here? Why did you, like, why did you invite me to watch this movie if you don't have all the answers? I don't want to do that. I trust the audience perspective and I think there's so much information everywhere that you better, you better try this poetry, but I think it's, it's a good path. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I completely agree, but to, to color it even more, because like Pablo says, it's all a personal interpretation of this, you know? Um, there is something, there is a, it is a question that comes all the time, and I think it's a question that we all face within us all the time that we embark on a project. And, uh, and that, that has to do with, with, the, with the fact of not wanting to define it from the get-go, you know, from the beginning. And the problem is with films that actually raising the money to make a film, you have to like sound like you're already very defined about it, you know, and you know, oh, he knows what he's doing, you know, and it's like, and, I mean, there's no bigger scam ever in the world like making a movie, like, you go like, yes, I know exactly what I'm doing, and then we give you the money, you start making the movie, and it's like, of course it's not going to happen exactly what you wanted, and if you're going to make exactly what you wanted, then you're wasting a great opportunity to find things, and to find that problem that, that Pablo is talking about, to encounter that danger, to jump, your, jump, uh, jump out of the cliff with all the people, you know, into a kind of, a, into a point of view. And if you close yourself well, and if you define it from the beginning, then, you know, there is, it, it is, uh, we might as well just uh, go have a coffee and play football, because it's much more fun and more complex. <laughs> and, 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 but but to, to add up to something, it's like, the, the very, even the most simplest of poems, like I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> we never know what he was not satisfied with. We all make it ourselves, no? We all create a like. What are we not satisfied about when we listen to that song and when we play it and when we sing it with passion? It's like you know, like we we all have an interpretation of it. So just to mention, I mentioned that because. I think uh, uh, like Pablo finished on, on the concept of poetry as the, as the ultimate goal and our responsibility. Yes, I think it is poetry the ultimate responsibility in this because uh, we need more tangents. We need less, um, we need less lies that, uh, that build a truth. We need, a, we need a, a poetry that incorporates all, incorporates just everyone's interpretation of it. Uh, Pablo Neruda's poetry, like, uh, build a country. I mean, build a country. It's, it's not minor, you know, it built a, a country. It, it's, it's one of the, I mean, we have to keep on doing that. That's our responsibility. We have to keep on building uh, landscapes. We have to build, keep on building our history. Uh, we have to keep on building whatever we're living uh, with the past, playing with the past, playing with the future. We have to, to project, and that, that's the responsibility, I think. Well, that's all the time we have. Oh, no. 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 Oh,
you, that would be really appreciated. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thank you.